Welcome to This Is Real Life with Jen Blossom, where we talk all things that make us most uncomfortable, from abuse to addiction and trauma to recovery, nothing is off limits. My guests and I will expose the parts of ourselves that hold the most pain and share the freedom that is possible. This is Real Life. I'm so excited, you guys, to have my friend Erica on today. Hi. Um, it's it's exciting because even though we're still coviding, like I c- still feel like I can like chit chat with friends, which is that's like the funnest <laughs> part about this, right? Isn't it amazing that we this has to be what we get used to? <laughs> Hopefully, it's not forever. Not for, like, it won't be forever, but for too much. But longer. I mean, even so, I feel like I, you know, you've got two kids. I've got two kids. We're both doing our mom thing. Like yep. life is busy enough anyway, so it's kind of fun to like, you know, carve out an hour of our day to to chat. Absolutely. Um, so it's it's I I, I wanted to throw out this disclaimer that it is COVID time, right? Mm-hmm. I, I call this parenting in the time of COVID. Did you ever read that book, um, Love in the Time of Cholera? No, but I, I've heard of it, but I never read it. It reminds me of parenting in the time of COVID. It's just like, here we are. Like, this is what we're doing. So my parenting story of the day is that the kids are in the pool and I have, I have you know, bribed them with everything possible to be quiet during this recording. Um, so if you hear screaming, no one's dying. They're just playing mermaids. Got so it. Hey, ben mine too. Shark. Yeah. Ben, it's the shark. We've got the mermaid, the shark, the whole thing. So, um, and Jeremy is, my husband is downstairs. Um, I'm not sure, you know, how good of parenting is happening. You know, <laughs> him, but, right. you know, want me, yeah, but. I've got mine's upstairs. Uh, yeah. All th- I had to bribe all three of them, not just the yeah. two little kids. Oh, I know. <laughs> I mean, shoot, I'm bribing my dogs. Don't bark. Don't bark. <laughs> um, because the microphone picks up everything, like literally everything, which is kind of fun, but at the same time, frustrating when you're trying to edit. For sure. Anyways. Okay. So, um, Erica and I met, and this is really funny because we actually have multiple friends in common. Six that, degrees of separation. That don't swear. know each other. Right. So it's <laughs> like, wait, like I met you at this thing with this friend, but like, lo and behold, you're actually really good friends with this girl. That's a friend of mine. And so that was super it fun. Is. It's yeah. really cool. I feel like it's kind of like a God thing when people come yeah. into your life that way. It's super fun. I mean, I love it. It's just so great. So anyways, Erica is going to share with us about, um, her journey. And you know what, here's the cool thing. So during COVID, what I've really started to notice is the moms and how we're superheroes, you know, the good moms, because listen, yeah. not all moms are good, but there are, you know, and, and I, I did a, a podcast on, um, a friend of mine, her daughter had a congenital heart defect and like, was like dying of heart attacks at like six months old. Mm-hmm. Um, another friend talked about cystic fibrosis, like being a mom of a girl with cystic fibrosis, which is hard. And then you add COVID, right, on top yep. of it. Yep. And so today we're talking about food allergies and not just like that's us. a little bit of food allergies. We're talking like major food allergies. So yep. um, so tell me a little bit about yourself. Like where do you live? Like your kids, how old they are? Okay. Uh, well, um, obviously I'm Erica and we mm-hmm. live in Newport right now. We uh, used to live in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Uh, my husband's from there. I went to college down there. Uh, we had our, we had both of our boys in San Diego. Um, my son, Brayden, he is seven and he's, uh, just finished remote learning in first grade. Which right. Which I don't even know what awesome. that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, I will, do have to say our school did an amazing job with it. So oh, I'm sure. Our, you know what? That's the thing. I mean, I feel like everybody really did try their best, but at the same true. time, like you can't like, I mean, this has been the craziest time ever. So we're just, you know, doing the best yeah, we can. So, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So he just finished first. Yeah. He finished first. And then I have uh, another son, Rylan, and he is five and he had, it's part, part of my story, but he was able to actually go to preschool with me this last year. So uh, he is finished finishing uh, preschool. 
So, um, and they both. That, well, you know what's okay. That's another thing. Cause Bennett's name, we were throwing around the name Rylan. Remember? You were? Yes, yes, I do remember. You yes. Me and, and I, and I thought, listen, I always think I'm being so unique with names. Like I know you're going <laughs> to, my, my kids' names are not unique, but I legit think I make them up. No, I, I, I legit thought that I was a genius with Addison. I thought, oh my gosh, just take the M off of Madison. And you have Addison. I literally thought I was a genius. And you then are a genius. Every, well, then everybody – I was like, wait, wait Well, that a just minute. means there's more than one genius. Okay. Well, there, <laughs> yeah. well, anywho. And then – but Rylan was one of our names for oh, Bennett. And then we Bennett won. But I Bennett. loved Rylan. Both oh, Jeremy and I did. So, yeah. Anyway. Well, it's funny because I – we Brayden and Rylan were on the top of our list with Brayden. And then when I got pregnant with a second boy, I go, oh, okay, using that one. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> so, Good stuff. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so, and so you um, currently stay home with the kids. I do. I We kind of made the decision when we started a family that I was going to be home with them. Uh, before we had kids, um, I kind of did a few different things. Um, I, I, but I was a teacher. And I think that that has actually been one of the most helpful jobs that I had prior to having I think children. that's why we're friends too. We're teachers. Okay. <laughs> like right. you can't, I always say you can't, you can't teach someone to be a teacher. You're, you're born a teacher. Like that's yeah. just who you are. It's a part of your makeup, you know? For sure. And I think it's just, uh, you know, I, I have that compassionate piece with kids. Yeah. I'm pretty good at connecting with kids and yeah, maybe understanding them. And then I think when you're a teacher, you have to be a little bit Type A, OCD. <laughs> you know, got to be really organized, and I think all yeah, those things. Which is, just, I feel like, with COVID life, I'm the complete opposite. Oh, like, because yeah. I, I feel like I either like am gonna control it or or like be honest with myself and say like I can control nothing. <laughs> it's so true. No, and, and like, it's actually been a good yeah. test test yeah. for that that we don't we have we any do. control. Totally. So and actually, and but what's been be interesting? Okay. Yeah, and. and Kind of what's been interesting with the whole COVID thing is my husband and I have had this conversation so many times in the last two months that being a food allergy family and already having to kind of live a restrictive lifestyle already, really having to think about where we go, what we touch, washing our hands, you know, is my, did my kid come in contact with their food allergen or their environmental or their, aller, or their animal allergen? These were already things we were constantly thinking about before. So not to say that COVID hasn't been tough or, or, yeah, you know, it's necessarily been much easier because of it, but just the parallels have been interesting. You know what? It's so, it's so funny that you're saying this because both of the other moms that I just currently interviewed, the CHD and then the cystic fibrosis, both of them said the same exact thing. Did they? Yeah. Well, it's, I think, you know, families who deal with, you know, every, everybody has something and that's one thing I just, right. but before I share all of this, I, I don't feel like I'm a victim. I don't feel like we have it harder than anyone else because everyone's got something. That's right. And we all do. Absolutely. Yeah. I, and I um, think – But it is so funny that you say that because it's true. Your life hasn't changed that much. Like you're, you, you, you live like that anyways. Like same thing with the face mask and the breathing with the whole COVID thing. Like that's like her normal life. Like they wear face masks because she's got cystic fibrosis and she's yeah. a little girl. Like, yeah. you know, like this is just what she does. And so it was so interesting to hear her and then you and then my other friend um, just talk about being, you know, hypersensitive to things because these are, these are awful. These are, um, I don't want to say deadly, but like, these are like big deals, right? For yeah. your kids. Well, they are deadly. I mean, like yeah. I hate, I, again, yeah. like sometimes I am already kind of a dramatic person to begin with, but right. at right. the risk of sounding dramatic, I mean, I am constantly worried about yeah. my children's life, literally totally. life. Well, and then let's start. Let's start. Yes. With okay. So, so let's start. Okay. So he was. And that's really how it unfolds is he was born in 2012, uh-huh. seven, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, first-time moms, you read all the books. I read all the books. And, by the way, no book talks about food allergies. And Ooh, write one. You know, no, there aren't really a lot of resources out there to prepare you for food allergies. There's a lot of things that those books don't prepare you for. So No joke. Yeah. <laughs> but How come just, nobody told me this? Well, I think it's one thing to write it down. And it's like, oh, man. Yeah. And you got to live it. So, yeah, totally. But we were pretty naive going into it, you know, 
Brayden always had eczema. He always had super rosy cheeks and he would go in and out of bouts of eczema as a kid, as a baby, really. And I just kind of, you know, put a cream on the pediatrician would prescribe this or that and we'd get it under control. But mm-hmm. I kind of started suspecting that he had food intolerances or I called them allergies, but I suppose I didn't really understand what anaphylaxis meant back then. You um, are educating me and a lot of people. So use the big words and yeah. We're gonna- <laughs> Yeah. So he, uh, yeah. So he had this eczema and, and not to say that every kid that has eczema has anaphylaxis. So it's not to, to scare parents, but I think that there was a lot of warning signs from mm-hmm. Brayden and then from my, from Rylan that pediatricians, lactation consultants, dermatologists, the people just missed and, yeah. and, and we missed. And now, you know, I don't try to fear monger, but I just, I want people to understand if your child is experiencing certain things, you just want to pay attention to it. Totally. You know what the other thing is? I wanted to say really quick, you just said something that was interesting that both of the other moms talked about and they both said, I just knew that Mm -hmm. something, I I just knew, like there was something in you that just knew, like you suspected it was something else, right? Like to trust that part of you. um, Yeah. I think it's so And it's hard. I mean, I think from like my personality was... I'm not, well, not or wasn't, I hope I'm being self-aware, but a very aggressive personality. And I would try to people please, and I didn't want to burden people. And so having something extra that you have to deal with with your children, it's really kind of taught me how to speak up, be an advocate, you know, not be afraid to say what I need or what my kids need. And totally, that's been a huge lesson. So, but it didn't come over. I mean, it was not overnight. This was like a very gradual process. And because of how naive we were about food allergies with Brayden, you know, we kind of just, I, I always like never ate a lot of dairy. Didn't make my tummy feel good. So I thought, Oh, maybe he's got a dairy allergy. So I was, you know, emitting certain things like wheat and eggs and dairy when he was first starting foods. And then when he, when I, I breastfed till he was a year and when I weaned him, I put him on goat's milk because you know, yep. some yep. book told me that that was yep. the way to go. And, and it That's was great. Right. It was fine. He had no problem with it. Um, and right around the same time he, I had given him peanuts, I had given him almonds, um, no okay, problems. Really quick. Did yeah. you ever have any allergies? So, which that's a very, really good question because I think, yes, I do. And my husband does. So my husband has, um, pretty chronic, uh, environmental allergies. Okay. He's not anaphylactic, but you know, he's just always blowing his nose and sneezing and Got it. those things. Got and it. then I don't have food allergies. I might have some food sensitivities like okay. dairy, but mm-hmm. I have um, a very severe allergy to aspirin and sulfa. So no back in, I, when I was a kid in grade school, I had to, they gave me a shot of, ep- of epinephrine, which now I know is an EpiPen. Mm-hmm. Um, I swell, I get a rash and wow. yeah. And if you have two bodily functions responding at the same time, that is when you really need to intervene. And I know it's scary what for a lot of people. Two bodily, what does that mean? Two bodily. Yeah. So if you have two, kind of the rule of thumb is if you have a, like one bodily function would be a skin. So hives, oh, oh, rashes, oh, oh. swelling, Got a it. separate one would be like a GI throwing yeah, up. Okay. Yeah. So okay. something like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay so you okay. both kind of had yes. something, but it wasn't like something no. that like, yeah, like yeah. tech couldn't help or something. Mm, like, exactly. And you know, I just avoided aspirin. That's a super that's right. easy one to avoid. No big deal. Okay. So yeah. So that's actually important because I think it does play into the theories as to why Kids, so many kids nowadays have um, severe food allergies. Ooh, I can't wait to hear that. Yeah. At the end. So, um, okay. So, okay. Brayden, basically, what happened with Brayden was I had given, made kale chips with cashews one night when he uh-huh. was, I don't know, a little over a year and served it to him. He ate it fine. And then, as I was putting him to bed that night, probably an hour later, he just starts kind of violently vomiting. And I called his pediatrician. The pediatrician said, Well, give him some Benadryl. Of course, he just keeps throwing it up. He said, okay, we'll just keep him in your bed tonight. And I was so naive. I just, of course I was scared, but I just kept him in my bed. Doctor, like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. You know, I didn't really know and he didn't really know. And so we just kind of 
slept in bed and he was fine. And that was that. So that was kind of where I thought, Hmm, something's not quite right here. So we went and had uh, skin testing done for Brayden on the back testing where they do a little prick on his back. And it came up that he was really allergic to tree nuts, but not almonds, of course, because that was the one I gave him that he was fine with. And then also eggs. And Mm -hmm. so that was kind of, we knew, Kate, we got to avoid that. I was able to allow cow milk into his diet and felt comfortable with that. We kind of just went on with life. I mean, he still had eczema. Uh, He, he still has eczema, even though he's been on this long journey. I think it's something that he'll maybe have for the rest of his life. Got it. Um, so Brayden was kind of the introduction to it. Okay. And then when we had Rylan, he was born, Rylan was born when Brayden was a little over two and literally Rylan was born and within the first week or two of his life, he was swollen, uncomfortable, never had a normal poop. They were always green or weird. Hmm. He, it was really hard and it was like, okay, let me try that. Like, was he like just always, okay. He was always, they called it colic. So yeah, you know, so I was like, okay, well let's try colic calm and gripe water and all this stuff. And it was just, kept saying to the pediatrician, Do, should I change my diet? Because for some ironic reason, I was craving dairy like crazy. And throughout my pregnancies, I was able to tolerate dairy. Mm. And I've, I've heard of that happening for women. So I was eating a lot of dairy. I was eating all of the top eight most common allergens, and which is cow's milk, eggs, tree nuts, peanuts, shellfish, wheat, soy, and fish. So those are like the top eight, but wow. that out and the most common, but by no means does that mean it can stop there because Rylan had like 20 plus very severe anaphylactic allergens. So he just, um, he was just uncomfortable and it was just uh-huh. a really kind of dark time being a mom because like you said, that mom is instinct about, you know, something is wrong. It was so strong in me with Rylan. I just knew he was not well. I knew he didn't feel well and I didn't know what to do. And the doctors kept saying, don't take the dairy out of your diet. You need the protein. Don't take this out of your diet. You need to be, have a balanced diet. You know, even my like hippie lactation consultant was like, don't take it out, you know? So, you know, I just kind of listened, but he got eczema so bad and rashes so bad that he would tear his skin up. I mean, I had to keep his nails so short. And then finally, Around five months after, you know, try this cream, try that cream, do this, do that. And just, I went to, I mean, I even went to like this lady who did kind of like sound baths. I mean, I was just, I was on the search. I was just like, help me help this child. I will do anything. Yes, totally. Um, And, or biofeedback or whatever. So Mm -hmm. um, I finally, the he, his skin was so crusty and gross and, and it was also kind of embarrassing as a mom. It's like, you know, I just, I have this beautiful little baby mm. and, and everyone looks at him like, ew, you know, what's, okay. what's wrong with his skin, you know? Yeah. Um, so I took him to a pediatric dermatologist, this lovely lady in San Diego, Dr. Cunningham. I just love her. And she was looked at him and goes, oh, that's staff. And oh. She checked him. We biopsied and sure enough, he had a major staph infection oh, that, man had that gone untreated could have gone into his bloodstream and right. taken his life. I mean, that's yeah. pretty darn serious. So, yeah. uh, it was at that point that I said, you know, I'm going to screw. Sorry, sorry. If I can't, shouldn't say that. Oh, no, you, you can say screw what all these doctors are saying. Yes. I'm taking, I'm taking all this stuff out of my diet and I'm going to start following my instincts and not listening to anyone. So mm-hmm. I did, I took everything out he was on an antibiotic to get rid of the staph. The staph infection went away. His skin cleared up. He was happy. It was just like, oh my gosh, I have a baby. And that was like around six months. Um, I still knew that he had issues and I was, uh-huh. I was just obviously thinking it was food allergies. So then after about a month or two of just, I mean, literally I ate like fruit, vegetables and protein. It was right. awesome because I started to lose weight, which is <laughs> <cool>. <laughs> the whole other uh, issue with me is, is food is my own body image with which ironically food allergies has helped me with that as well. Just being aware of like why we eat food, and that kind of yeah. thing. But, um, 
so yeah, so he was clear and doing well. And then I decided, okay, I'm going to start reintroducing these things back into my diet one at a time. And I was nursing and then I'll eat it and then I'll nurse him and then we'll see what happens. And I eat eggs, I would nurse an hour later, he'd get highs. Oh my gosh. Shrimp, I'd nurse and I would separate it. So one one a week, one every two weeks. Mm -hmm. I did that with all the top eight and pretty much all of them with the exception, I think of wheat and milk, he broke out in hives. And so I thought, oh my goodness. Okay. So this kid's got some issues. And at nine months, our pediatrician pediatrician said, um, I think it's, I think you should introduce dairy because he didn't react when you, you ate it and it's good for them to get that calcium in the introduction. So I remember it like it was yesterday. It was in the morning, got my whole foods, organic, plain yogurt, Mm -hmm. you know, and one tiny little spoonful, uh, put it in his mouth and immediately he started like spitting it out and just within maybe 30 seconds to a minute, just started violently vomiting. Mm. Um, he violently vomiting. I took him to the room. I took his clothes off. He was covered in rashes and hives. Mm. I mean, this is a matter of minutes. And again, I'm still kind of naive, even, even though, you know, Braden had an EpiPen and we'd done testing and we knew he had allergies. It was kind of like, there wasn't a lot of education. Um, and so it was not smart of us, but we got in the car instead of calling 911 and we drove to the ER and they brought us back right away. Like did not even mm-hmm. hardly even had to check in and right away they, um, he kept with, he was continuing to vomit and he was swelling like a tomato. I mean, this kid was, I was looking at him like, oh, I think I'm, I think like my son's going to die. Oh, and they God. gave him an EpiPen. Wait, how old was he? How old he was he? nine months. He's nine months old mm-hmm. right now. Oh my God. And I, you know, every pins are hard on your heart. So I thought, you know, it's adrenaline. I thought, oh my gosh, this little kid, is that okay? And they said, well, we have to. Right. And then the first EpiPen didn't work. It, it wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. And that was when they, every, I mean, there was like 10 doctors standing around our bed and um, they said, we have to give him another EpiPen. And they said, we know it's hard on their heart, but we have to. So we did it. And, um, I think this whole episode probably was about 10, 15 minutes, something like that. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, I think they were worried that he wasn't going to make it. So, um, but he did, he, after the second EpiPen, his body started to calm. It didn't go away, but, um, and they put him on steroid IVs and then we spent like two days in the PICU. Oh my God. And that was like really life changing. Just experiencing that, like that almost feeling like I'm going to lose my son. And then, and also just being in the PICU. I mean, it was like heart surgery going on next to us. I mean, there was a lot of really heavy stuff going on on that, in that ward. And it was just. That's exactly what the other moms were talking about too. That how like crazy and eye opening it is to like have your kids be yeah. in the pediatric ICU and, yeah. and, and knowing that some of the kids that are in there aren't going to make it. Oh, I, yes, absolutely. That was, yeah. Cause you would, there was one, I think that didn't when we were there and it, oh my it, gosh. Was, it was awful. So yeah, it was, it was he- very heavy, but that, you know, truly for me, I feel like that was a turning point because that was when I said, this is really serious for our family and we need to, we need to like get more information. How was your husband during all of this? Like, I mean, I would assume you're like, this is a big deal. (laughs) You know, like this is, and then like, is your husband as, or is he like more chill? Like, uh, he's definitely more chill than me, but he is always got my back and always supports me and, and, and was, just as frightened as me. I mean, it was, he was, we had Brayden with us. I mean, he had to be sitting with Brayden out in the lobby for some of it. And I kind of, we would take turns with Rye because Brayden couldn't come in, but he's been, he is great. And I, and I would say, I want to always lift him up because anytime that we disagree on things, because maybe I'm being more cautious or I'm, um, 
you know, maybe if, he, if I'm showing more worry or more um, attention to things, he always defers to me because ultimately I'm the one that handles most of it. Yeah. You know, I mean, he handles a lot of it, but you know, he goes to work and I'm right. the one who's managing the food and managing their treatment yep. and all this stuff. Yep. So, so yeah, he's, we all at that point were kind of like, whoa, this is, we all got to get on board. So we did skin tests or blood work with him in the, in the, um, when we were in the ICU and we discovered that his IgE numbers, so IgE is immunoglobin E and that's the antibody in, um, in our bodies that people okay. produce when they have an allergic reaction. So everyone carries Why do people different... have allergic reactions? So it's basically, it's kind of like a misfiring of our system. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not supposed to be that way, especially it's, especially when it's to something that's not supposed to harm you, but your body is basically seeing it as this is harmful okay. for me. So I need to produce all these IgE, all these antibodies to protect my body okay. from this poison. And then that that's when you get hives and rash and swelling. And it seems kind of counterproductive. Like, you know, no, I, I mean, I can't, I can't have that. So I'm going to close my throat up. Yeah, <laughs> but, <right. laughs> but, um, yeah. Okay. And so, laugh at it, but. so you did the test and you yeah. find out he's got like, oh my gosh, like 20 plus anaphylactic allergens. And the thing about blood tests and skin tests is that they're not a hundred percent accurate. So you kind of have to look at the blood test, the skin test, the patient history, all these things in conjunction mm-hmm. to kind of like come up with, you know, what's really going on. And so mm-hmm. some of the foods we were like, mm, I don't really know about that because he's kind of had that, but we don't know. And then others we thought, Oh, well, we for sure know he's allergic to that. So we really just had to avoid everything. And so is this is, and are these, just when they're ingested or like when you're around it or like for Rylan. And again, like we are a severe case, but for Rylan it's to the touch. So that was really hard when he became more mobile or like wanted to go to the park. We could not go to a park without breaking out in hives. So we could not go to a friend's Mm -hmm. house. Rylan. Yes. He would, he would get hives if he went to the park because he touched something Uh that had something on it. Yep. Wow. It, it was like he would, yeah, he would touch, you know, a kid had maybe some yogurt on their hand and then went to the park and went Holy around and cow. there's invisible yogurt on the handrails and he touches it. And then he, usually he would break out in hives on his arms or his like neck or his face because he touched his face from whatever he touched. And, you know, God forbid he sticks those fingers in his mouth or in his nose because that could onset an anaphylactic reaction. So, okay, hold on. My next question is this. Did you vaccinate your kids at all? <laughs> yeah, yes. And Rylan reacted to the vaccinations. So, oh Brayden did not. I I vaccinated Brayden just like, okay, I'll vaccinate my kid. That's but right. Rylan at 6 months, he at the 6 months vaccination, we left the visit and I was at the grocery store and he just starts breaking out in huge hives and gets really red. And I went back to the pediatrician's office. They gave us Benadryl and we sat there and it went down. Okay. <clears throat> but we later discovered, <clears throat> even though they, even though the pediatricians didn't advise me to do this, I said, I don't want to vaccinate with you. I want to vaccinate with an allergist. Mm. And we found. Oh, another- I didn't even know that was an option. See, this is mm-hmm. the thing about all of this. I didn't even know that you could do that. Yeah, well, they will, they'll do it graduated. So that's, she mm-hmm. – that, mm-hmm. and we did it one at a time. And then, yep. I mean, poor, poor kid, you had to break the Bring vaccination right up yeah. into six doses. You got to poke, get poked six times. And, right. Um, but, yeah, we found out at around a year because we started doing his year vaccinations, graduated to figure out what one he was reacting to. We realized it was – I think it was DTaP and MMR – because which is, which is the one that most kids are right. Like if sure. you're going to be allergic to one of them, it's that one or going to have a reaction. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's funny because they have dairy. This allergist was awesome. She found that dairy was used in the making of this vaccination, but like way far removed from the process. So it's not even listed wow. as on, on the basic paperwork. And so she had to dig really deep and found that there was a study with kids who had super severe dairy allergies that they reacted. So, so I mean, like, even like when I buy foods, if it says, you know, 
lactic acid on it, or if it says sodium lactate or whatever it is. I mean, I know you have to know that that is dairy and or could mean dairy. So yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Hold on. So how old is Brayden during all this? Like, so Rylan gets the vaccine. Well, well, hold on. Rylan got the vaccines at six months, but Mm -hmm. then he didn't end up going to the ER until nine months. Right. Right. And then we avoided, cause we were talking about contact, how he reacts to the touch. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And so we just like avoided foods and, and, so, like, but hold on. So, but does Brayden go to school yet? Like, yeah. So, well, okay. Actually Brayden. So Rylan was just a little, Rylan had his nine month um, ER visit right before Brayden was starting preschool. Okay. So Brayden hadn't been in preschool yet, but I had him enrolled and it was just so, I felt like, I remember thinking like God's timing is so perfect because it encouraged me to advocate for Brayden's food allergy more mm-hmm. at preschool. I, mm-hmm. I had the EpiPen, I had all this stuff, but I didn't really think, I didn't, I probably would not have made such a big deal with the school as I needed to mm. had this not happened to us. And so I did, but ironically, um, a, like about, I don't know, quarter or third of the way into his first year of preschool, his teacher forgot that he had a Trina allergy. Oh no. And so this, this is after, you know, this happened with Rylan. She forgot that he had a Trina allergy and served him. We think it was a walnut cookie and they kids don't even like walnut cookies i know well what's funny is (laughs) she said that brayden like had a bite it was probably like you know those pecan sandies yeah 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 (laughs) it's probably something like that right but um yeah she said he took a bite and kind of didn't like it and spit it out so he really only had one bite but he started reacting like getting itchy and hot like red on the carpet and they didn't they didn't and it's i i don't want to sound like i'm I'm not, well, I am kind of mad at the school, but I think what, <laughs> what needs to happen is that schools need to be prepared. And, and even though the school told me that they felt prepared and I felt that they were prepared because we'd had all these meetings and discussions. And I mean, even that morning, it's so weird that morning I dropped Braden off. The teacher said to me, I got cookies for a birthday today. And again, this goes to show like how naive I even still was with Rylan. I said, oh, great. I said, you, did you check the ingredients really closely for his allergens? And she said, yep, I checked them. We're all good. And I went home and I thought, oh, I better check. I, sh- yeah. I should have checked that. I should have checked that. And I, I kept my, I knew, I knew it was going to happen. I kept my phone by me all morning, just kind of waiting. And then sure enough, they call me and they say, don't alarm you, but you know, I, Brayden's kind of itchy, not feeling so good. We, we don't want to alarm you, but you're an allergic reaction. Yeah. So, but what was really scary is I luckily was 10 minutes away and I drove over there with, you know, Rylan and his carrier and all this stuff. And Brayden was in full on anaphylaxis. Oh my God. And they could not find his, his um, Benadryl. They hadn't given him that. Not Benadryl won't do anything for anaphylaxis. You have to epi. But it was literally like if you've ever taken a first aid or CPR class and they're like, you know, you get to the scene, you assess it, you you call my normal one. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I mean, it was literally like that. I saw my son. He had four-inch hives all over his body. His ears were swollen. His eyes were swollen. He was red. He was drooling. He was lethargic. He was hunched over. I know. And I immediately, I I gave him the EpiPen. And with Brayden, almost immediately it started working. The EpiPen, I mean, you just, I could visually see his body swelling, decrease. And I think that that is something I really want everyone to know. Do not be afraid to give an EpiPen because it will, it can save their life. And even our doctor that we see now, he is constant, you know, even if you gave it and it wasn't necessary, fully necessary, it's far better to do that than to wait too long. And which is probably why it took Rylan, part of the reason why it took Rylan two EpiPens because he was so deep into anaphylaxis and. So what is anaphylaxis? Oh wait, anaphylaxis is when two body, two body systems. Well, yeah, I guess I don't, I don't think it has to be two bodily functions to be in anaphylaxis. I think anaphylaxis just means that your body is shutting down and your body is shutting down. You can't breathe. Anaphylaxis is when. The, the airways close. I see. And, and 
then they no longer can breathe. And co, you know, symptoms that come with that will be the hives or the drooling or the red rash or the red skin. And those are like, or even throwing up and diarrhea, like that all can happen mm-hmm. with anaphylaxis. So, um, so yeah, so yeah, so it's kind of weird how the timing works because I'm dealing with all this stuff with Rylan. It's making well, I mean, work. it makes you feel like, okay, like I need to take this seriously because other people aren't, right? It's like they're obviously are not taking this True. very seriously if they cannot find the Benadryl and there's no EpiPen. Like, yeah, I was, yeah, it was, it was really hard. And, and it was a lovely school. And, and, to, and to their credit, to the world's credit, people just don't know. We just no. don't. I know. Talk about it. I got to tell you. So I got to tell you a story that I have. So yes, my kids are allergic to nothing. Okay. They, (laughs) these kids are savages. They eat everything. They touch everything. It's like not a thing. Well, Mm -hmm. we had, um, actually you might even know this. We had our nephew live with us for a year. I remember that. Okay. Yeah. And it's a whole other ball. I mean, this is a whole other chapter of the craziness of my life, but he came out here and, um, he, he's 10 years old. Like, I don't, I don't, I mean, if I have no idea if you have an allergy, I assume you tell me, or maybe if you, your mom tells me, I I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I knew he was a picky eater, but like, I mean, most kids like French fries, chicken, you know, I mean, very simple Mm -hmm. stuff. Okay. Long story short is my son, um, Bennett loves Lara bars. Like, and so it's like, and for me, it felt really healthy because it was just, it's very simple ingredients. It was like nuts, um, dates and sea salt. Like that was it. It was just all mushed together, whatever. So our nephew was hungry and I I only had those bars at the bottom of my bag. And I was like, here you go, bud. And he opened it up. He ate it. He immediately was like, my stomach's upset. And I was like, oh, well, then maybe you shouldn't eat that. You know, maybe you just shouldn't eat it. We get home. He is legit throwing up. He is, he's having a severe allergic reaction. I have no idea that he's allergic to these things. Yeah. I mean, how would you? Gnarly. But to have not have had a nut until you're 10, like, did that not happen before? Like, do you just automatically, uh, like, randomly get allergic? I mean, I have no idea. Well, what's, I think what's interesting is he may have always had it and just been lucky, but you also can, they, they can develop over time. Like for instance, Rylan is really like allergic to lentils and peas, but he ate those when he was under a year old and then slowly, but surely he started getting hives and I thought, Oh God, okay, we've got to admit this one. Ryle, Brayden is so allergic to dogs right now. Like or mm-hmm. today we're working on that one with our allergists. But when he was, I have, I was just looking through photos the other day. I, these are pictures of him with my friend's dog licking him all over his face. Yeah. And he was okay. fine. But I remember now he gets, you know, Goodness it's gracious. So why doesn't the doctor just give everybody an EpiPen? Cause we just <sighs> don't freaking know. Like, cause there's 600 bucks. Okay. <laughs> so point. But you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I, yeah. you don't know what you don't know. Like that's the point of the podcast is that someone would listen to this and that hopefully one day it would save a life because this is a really big deal. And for me, by the grace of God, I mean, and this is is the Lord. He, I I literally gave him Benadryl. He had hives. His tongue was swollen, but I didn't know. I didn't even know. I just thought he was having an allergic reaction. Come to find out because then he's, you know, then he starts to live with us. And so I have to take him to the doctor and you know, get his well check, whatever. And she's like, oh no, you here, I'm prescribing an EpiPen. Like if that happened, then, you know, he's definitely allergic and you should be aware and have this at all times and give one to the school and the whatever. Oh, the other oh. thing is he had asthma. Oh, that's right. Oh and my goodness. Breathe. It's like a double whammy. I'm like, but I don't know, you know, again, you don't yeah. know what you don't know. And here I am. Pr- thank the Lord that he didn't, you know, that he yeah. was saved and spared because it could have been, it could have been a lot worse. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. Advocating for your kids, like, is everything because they can't advocate Mm -hmm. for themselves yet, right? It's so true. That's our job. So, anyways. I think that there's, like, for instance, with food allergies, I mean, I can't expect every environment to be safe, every place we go to be safe. That's right. But just like this podcast, and I've become a little bit more vocal on my Instagram page and I'm learning to speak up with like my friends and my families and set boundaries yeah. with people. Yeah. You know, you have to just let people know what's going on. And, and still I have people who 
either don't believe me or think I'm, cause I already was a little bit, I don't know, he must be a little neurotic or a little worried. Whatever you want to call it. moms are pretty, you know, sure. you know, and then you have this on top of it. I mean, yeah, it'll make anyone a little crazy. Yeah. I mean, and I, in some ways I feel like it was by design as well, because if I didn't have kind of the ability to be aware of, of details, yeah. I think it could be hard to manage all this. So hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. So, okay. So then you, what brought you up to, uh, from San Diego to Newport? We, so we opened up a brewery, a craft brewery up here called Gunwell Ales and, um, which is so I, fun. Like I know what, it is so what fun. What a yeah, rad thing to do. It's pretty fun. So, so fun. my husband opened it up with his two partners. Um, one of his partners, um, his wife is my best friend, and we always like joke like if, if we hadn't become friends because we used to teach together, mm-hmm. this would never have happened. So anyhow, mm-hmm. we yeah, moved up here for that. Life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we moved up here and we bought my husband, he still works in San Diego as well. Um, and uh he works for Sony and, um, he, that's, that's his main job, you know? So, but he invested and started this brewery up here as well. So we kind of felt like it was, am I also at the same time, my mom and my stepdad were moving here. So it just kind of made sense to live up here rather than stay in San Diego. Right. Um, we have two little kids, that kind of thing, but it was just like all meant to be because we moved up here in the summer of, oh my gosh, what was it? Like, I guess 2016. Mm-hmm. And um my my best friend whose husband is also an owner of the brewery, mm-hmm. she forwarded me a promotional video about um this Southern California Food Allergy Institute that her good friend from college had her son on the wait list for. And I watched it and it's you know basically about treating food allergies and basically desensitizing their bodies and their immune systems to their allergens mm-hmm. and get it, giving them food freedom. And I just thought you're like, sign me up. What? I'm like, like, this is great. I mean, I so ironically, I, or, um, I guess I ca- I called and I said, okay, we're, I left a message and I said, we're available Tuesdays, this, this. And then they call me back They go, okay, our wait list is about a year to two years. Pencil that in. Yeah. <laughs> so we got on the wait list. Right. And um, what's really awesome about it is that the, my, my friend Gina and her friend Natasha, who was in the program, we kind of became really close and good yeah. friends. And she's been a really huge support for me through all of this. And I, I hope I've been a huge support for her too, but her son got into the program about a year ahead of us. So she's kind of paved the way and, you know, is able to, she approaches and gets to certain stages of treatment before we do. But, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, but even though we were on the wait list, it was still about a year and a half, almost two years before we even got into the program. Wow. And so that year and a half to two years, we were seeing allergists up here, you know, doing our every six month to 12 month back testing. And we even did a couple of food challenges and some things we were able to reintroduce into Ryland's diet, like strawberries and wheat and those kind of things. But for instance, we food challenged soy and he passed the food challenge, but then all of a sudden his legume response like went off the charts and I just had it in my like mommy instinct. I thought, you know what, even though we passed the soy challenge, like I just don't really feel that comfortable with it. And, you know, and then when we got into this program, kind of jumping ahead, um, we learned that with kids like Rylan who have really severe food allergens and what I've learned is all of their allergens are connected to other things. So oh. Rylan has a very severe peanut allergy. Well, a peanut is a legume and that's why he has a lentil and a chickpea allergy. And that's why he has a pea allergy and soy is also a legume. So they're all wow. connected. So he just kind of got like, you know, the yeah. worst of the worst. Yeah. He got it all. Um, and like, you know, uh, almonds are connected to hazelnuts or walnuts and, pecans are connected. So they all have relationships. And then each of those foods has a relationship with our environment, trees and grasses and Mm -hmm. the pollens in the air. Mm -hmm. And so my kids have really severe environmental allergies as well. And so it's, it's all like this connected working that, 
you know, for all these kids nowadays that are having all these food allergies, it's, it's all kind of working together. And there's so, some okay, days so that, wait, so you, you did eventually get into the program. Yes. Yeah. So we, so, how did that so, work? Then so, so we're on the wait list, finally get the call. I kind of made the decision that I was no longer going to do food challenges or anything of that sort. I was just going to hold tight, hang tight, you know, wait to get into this program and tackle everything all at once with What's Dr. Rendawa. But what, what, a, a food challenge is when their skin tests and their blood work show that their body, their levels are safe enough to actually consume the food. So you'll, you'll go in some doctors, each doctor does it a little differently, but basically you go in and you, you either eat a little amount and then a little bit more 30 minutes later, and a little bit more 30 minutes later until you consume a certain amount of it hmm. or the way Dr. Rendawa does food challenges because he's done so much um, research on each individual patient. It's just a one step process. So okay. it's a little bit different in that setting, but, okay. but you decided um, you're going to hold off and you were just going to yep. do this. up. And yeah. Up. So we started the program. It's called, um, a lot of people will hear about this uh, OIT oral immunotherapy. And that's what a lot of allergists offer. Even the allergists, we were doing some appointments with when we first moved up here, but they couldn't treat a patient like Rylan because they can only at the time work with like peanuts and a couple tree nuts. But okay. you know, maybe they could have done something for Braden, but I wasn't going to do that. I was going to hold out for um, right. Southern California uh, Institute one. So we basically get into the program. We, we, it's like three months of testing. They do um, blood testing, skin testing, IgE testing. They do Im- immune function testing, lung, lung function. They test their GI tract. They do overnight patch testing. I mean, it's like literally months of just testing. And what he's doing is just gathering all this data mm. so he can basically come up with like an individualized plan for each of my boys and figure out how to tackle their immune system and to basically desensitize it. And then after all that, we started the program and in the beginning, it's kind of like, kind of like baby steps. They start with foods that are, um, they're, they're probably not, they've deemed they're not anaphylactic to. And in some instances, instances, it might even be foods that they're tolerant to, but they have to start having this in their system on a daily basis okay. because it kind of like sets the groundwork for the harder foods to come. Okay. So like basically um, the boys have a list of recommended foods that they have to eat like three to five times a week, like um, stone fruits with the skins on peaches, um, that kind of thing. Apples and pears with the skins on because the, all the proteins that people are allergic to are in the skins um, they have to eat, Rylan has to eat beef and pinto beans and oh my yeah. gosh, this is exhausting. I, I mean, are you like, this it's, is, this is a full-time freaking job. It is. It's crazy. And I think like, I mean, I'm not complaining. I am so grateful for it, but I think it's really hard for people to grasp. Like, first of all, just how hard it is to have a food allergy. Like we don't go to birthday parties. We don't travel. We don't, and a lot of it's because of how severe Rylan is. I know if it was just Brayden, like we, our world would be able to be more open, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, like it's, so it's hard enough as it is just to restrict, but then like going through the program and it is, it's a full-time job, but like, well, you know what, gosh, you know what? at the end of the tunnel, it's so worth it. You it's know? beautiful in your story because you're a mom who wants the best for their kid. Can you imagine the kids out there who don't have that mom? Like they don't even get yeah. this. They don't even get this yeah. chance. Well, don't have the family who wants to do it. Maybe right. they're afraid or maybe they don't want to. But also, I mean, we are so fortunate that we can afford it. That's right? what I'm and saying. I, yes. It, yeah. And, and but, you know, because it isn't cheap. And Dr. Rondawa says he will not turn a patient away because of, of financials. But again, you have to commit to it. He won't work with families who aren't willing to commit with yeah. to commit to it because right. have so to or else it doesn't if work. If your mom and dad are working two jobs trying to support the family, they don't have the time to drive you to this food. And like, are you kidding? Like it's yeah. crazy. But they do. Oh my gosh. There's so many, like, like my sister-in-law, for instance, she's like a working mom. Like she does it. Like they, it's like everyone, like you just figure it out, you know? Totally. But well, again, yeah. I just, I'm commending you on being a mom oh, and like knowing you. your so kids sweet. and like being there for them and advocating for their wellness. Um, so, okay. So, so does this, does this program work? Like how are yes. they? Okay. It is not 
easy. It doesn't mean we haven't had like hiccups. I mean, we, or bumps along the road, but it does work. I mean, Brayden, I mean, basically once you're kind of in the program, the gist is they have their recommended foods that I listed, but then they have maintenance foods that they eat every single morning. And those are foods that they've already challenged or they've been either they worked on or so like to like get the body to just get used to it and not yep okay and And not like everyday exposure so like and then in the afternoon they have a treatment food and that's the food that they're working on so like as an example um right now in the morning I I mean I probably shouldn't even list it all because it's so much but Rylan eats like you know he's worked his way up to this like five walnuts five pecans like macadamia nut almond um, camel's milk, goat milk. <laughs> so hold on. Um, so what happens if all of a sudden yeah. he's like, screw this mom, I'm not eating walnuts and I'm not eating pecans and I'm not like, will the allergy? Then I'm screwed. No, he's not. We won't. It's not happening. <laughs> it doesn't happen. Oh, <laughs> I, I feel like, I mean, the truth is, is if you have a kid that like, I feel for parents who have teenagers going through this program, because I'm sure I know that they run up against that. And then there have been stories where teenagers will like pocket their dose or they won't eat their dose and then they start having reactions mm-hmm. and it's dangerous. So, and the, and the truth is it's not a cure. Like Dr. R always says that this is basically we get them to remission and mm-hmm. for the rest of their life, they have to eat a certain amount of certain foods to maintain, um, like to maintain a tolerance. Okay. So has, okay. So have food allergies always been a part of like childhood, like an adolescence, like, and those kids not like die are now. Like, like, no. Or is it just, it's so like that, like, is it more prevalent now because yes. of, okay. And then Much what's more. the, and is there a theory on that? Like, yeah, our doctor, um, I think there are theories. I don't think they can say this is exactly why, but I have my own theories. Mixed Ooh, let's hear it. Read. But so I taught our doctor, I like just, I put a lot of um, faith in what he says and I trust him a lot, but, and he's not a political guy, but he was saying how um, basically because in urban areas, food allergies are much more prevalent than okay. in um rural areas. And part of the problem is that we have so many carbon emissions and it's over pollinating all of our plants. And when our bodies are bombarded with all of this, like kind of unnatural over pollination, and then also just the toxicity of Mm -hmm. our food and our food system and the things that we eat and things that we ate like 30 years ago Mm -hmm. that our parents were feeding us, all of this stuff is just kind of like cycled through us and is now making all of these, I mean, it's up, I think I should have looked up their most recent statistic, but it's like up like 400% in the last like 15 years or something crazy like that. It's, Mm. it's, it was not, it's always been around, but it was not like this when we were kids. It was not. You know what's so funny is, right. Well, what I, listen, I don't know about you, but like I legit grew up on like Captain Crunch and Coke. Like, yeah, diet Coke or like wow potato chips or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like it's like full circle and I feel like our bodies got the worst of it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And while our babies are in utero, you know, so I mean, I'm, I'm there with you too. Like, I mean, there's something going on here. I almost think, you know, why does the coronavirus hit some people so hard and others not? Like, why are some people, um, yeah. you know, asymptomatic and others are dying? Like, there is something going on here and it, it has to be individual things yeah. going on. And, you know, of course, I'm not, like, I don't know anything. I'm just... <laughs> no, I know. I know. I mean, but, I am um, like... But yeah, but I, I have to assume so. Do you think... Okay, so would you have done anything differently? Like, would you have not vaccinated? Like, do you think that that had a tie? Like, I wonder what's the, what's the, um, correlation between kids who've been vaccinated and food allergies? Mm. I don't, I've asked my doctor, about it. I don't, I would, I wouldn't have not vaccinated them. Um, but like, for instance, I, I'm not, I can't vaccinate Rylan while he's in this program because, um, there, his immune system's too taxed. It mm. like wouldn't, it, the vaccination may not, it probably wouldn't work. Number one. And number two, it could onset a lot of reactions and other immunological issues. So, um, yeah, so I, I wouldn't have changed that. Um, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't, 
really change much of anything. I, I think that like this journey has been what it's supposed to be. And I think if anything, it was exactly what, you know, I needed to learn how to speak up, mm-hmm. set boundaries and advocate for my kids. And, you know, they're, they are perfect. And even though they're different, I just, you know, I, and even though I want them to have tolerance and, you know, eat their damn nuts for the rest of their life so that they don't have like a reaction. Like I just, you know, I think I, I probably would, um, just, you know, encourage myself to speak up more Mm -hmm. and maybe like if I had known better, just pay attention to some of the um, red flags that I had seen initially. You know, it's so funny. It's like, I, I think back to your story and I think to myself, Honestly, you did everything you could have done. Like, I don't like, yeah, who are you? Like, if the teacher says to you, don't worry, I checked all the ingredients. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, sure. there has to be a level of trust. And, like, you can't blame yourself for that. You know, it's, there's this weird, anyways, I don't know. I think it's, it's hard though. Like, I, I mean, I have to say, like, I, you know, I just, it's like when you're a mom, you just like put your head down and you just do it. Like, yeah. I would do anything for these boys. But I think, you know, maybe looking back, things that I should work on would be like my own mental health, you know, just, oh girl, it's, it's a lot, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, know. Just, well, that's the other piece, right? Like this has been such a, like a huge part of your life for seven years, right? Yeah. Like it's almost like re like, I mean, it's, it's normal, it's normal for you. What's abnormal for me is normal yeah. for you. Like this is just what you do. Um, yeah. so do the boys know they that they have food allergies and are they angry? Like how does oh, yeah. that manifest? Well, they're not angry, but they know. Okay. So like, they're like, Oh dang it. I can't go to so-and-so's pool party or do they just not know yet? Well, it's, it's kind of a mixture of both. I mean, Bobby and I do our best to try to protect them to what they're missing out on, you know, like if, if they get invited to a birthday party and, and Rylan cannot go to a birthday party, it's just, it's getting right. less unsafe, but it's just a very unsafe place for him to be. I mean, yeah. the park is an unsafe place for him in some ways. So do you guys have, but, so wait, do they have, do they have friends? Like how? Yeah, we, we socialize, we, <laughs> but you know, the truth is, is we, we do socialize, but it's hard. I have to, I have to socialize with people who, who get it. are who get it or are willing to get it or yeah. are willing to kind of like not bring out that snack or not, you know, or willing to do things that aren't food centered, you know, yeah, like, you know it, what? It reminds me of like, find your people, right? Yeah. Like find your people. And in your case, your people are the people who get the food allergy thing or who are considerate of that, who yeah. are willing to put away their own desire for a Snickers bar so that they can hang out with you. Right. I sure. mean, you find those, but it's people. hard, you know, it's, yeah, the world is very small. And I, and, you know, I think honestly, that's probably been the, one of the harder parts is like some friendships have changed and absolutely, you know, we can't, we can't like go to our family's house for holidays. I mean, mm. it's, it's, we, we can, if there's measures put in place, but sometimes the, the risk is not worth it. And then yeah. also like you were asking about how the boys feel about it. Sometimes it's not worth it to, it's not fair to them. It's not fair to take Ryland to a Christmas party where everyone gets to decorate cookies except for him. hundred percent. It's just, it's just not right. And, and it's, it's also not fair for Brayden that he sometimes has to miss out on things because of his brother, but we're so fortunate that we have like a light at the end of the tunnel. You yeah. know, there's a lot of disabilities that don't have a treatment that can get them to remission. And I, that believe me, like I, that is not lost on me when yeah. I think about what we're dealing with. Right. So, but they're, I think they're well adjusted. You know, they are very aware. They know they have food allergies and we have to, we talk about it every single day. Yeah. Everything. It's a big kid. deal. Yeah, it's a big life deal. and death. I mean, we talked about that earlier. I mean, it, but it really is, especially you know, it for is. Rylan, especially you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, and right, you know, Rylan, he had um, he had some issues this last year getting sick. I mean, I, I swear to God, we had coronavirus, but. I don't know. I, I had an antibodies test and it was negative. And we girl, actually just, I thought I had coronavirus. I was so sick in January. I know. Like, girl, I just, I should get tested just because. Well, we, Dr. R, allergist, he is doing antibodies testing just to gather data. He's and you weren't sick. Doctor. Well, oh no, I was. And you I was weren't, so uh, you weren't positive. Sick. Like you didn't have it. 
I, my, the, I did a quest antibodies and it came back negative. So I'm assuming, no, I didn't have it, but I also did it with, with Dr. Randawa as did our entire house. Mm. So we'll see if that all comes back negative. Then I feel like it's, then we didn't. Right. <laughs> but, um, but it's been kind of scary because I know like just, in regards to Corona, like, okay, it's not technically like hitting kids as hard. And that is all very comforting in a lot of ways, but in other ways, like Rylan's on an inhaler because oh. he has like respiratory reactions um, with his food. And when he got sick this winter, he just like could not recover. Mm. And so he, both of us had to go on an inhaler this winter and he's still on it. And, you know, you just, I just kind of asked myself like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I don't, I don't want to we're already dealing with so much as it is. Like I just, I can't add another thing to, to the plate, yeah. you know? So we're, we're definitely playing it easy right now and just, you know, it's a hard time for everybody. And when you add on top any other medical issues or anything like that, and everything just becomes exponentially scarier. It's yeah. a, it's a rough thing. Hey, you it know is. what? Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. I feel like I learned so much and I feel like I, even could extend more empathy towards the moms like who have to bring in the special snack for like birthday parties for school or whatever. Like I feel like, I don't know, it, it feels more like something that I can understand. And I think Thank that that's you. the beautiful part about just being open and honest is that it helps people understand. And I just, I'm really grateful that you were able to share all this with us because I do believe that it's a really, it's an important conversation to have, um, especially with statistics being as high as they are. So I just, I'm just grateful. And I, oh. I can't wait to like do this interview again in a year and see where, where everybody is, you know, with their walnuts and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I genuinely from the bottom of my heart, thank you for just mm. like giving food allergies a voice. And yes. I hope I did it justice. You there's, are, there's you're always... so well-spoken. You must be a teacher. Like <laughs> you, 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 you did it great. And by the way, you even provided like show notes, like who are you? Like, oh. we need to do this together because I am so not as organized as you are, especially. Oh my yeah. Well, well, I was all right. excited that I got to chat with you. Yeah, girl. All right, girl. Well, thank you so much. And um, we will chat soon. It's been a thank pleasure. Thank you. All right, girl. Bye. Bye.